Welcome to the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast, a free resource for gymnast parents and coaches to learn to fuel the gymnast for optimal performance and longevity in the sport. I'm your host, Christina Anderson, and I'm a pediatric and adolescent registered dietitian, sports nutritionist, a former gymnast, a current nationally rated gymnastics judge, and a wife plus dog mom. I help gymnasts and their parents learn to fuel without the stress or overwhelm so that they can reach their big goals and dreams both in and out of the sport. We want to help parents take a proactive approach to nutrition, and to do so, this podcast is all about hashtag real talk, where we tackle tough subjects about nutrition, body image, and more in the sport of gymnastics. All right, let's dive in. You're listening to episode 85 of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast. Hello, and welcome back. This is part three of four of our Road to National series. This is just a fun podcast series I'm doing to help your gymnast um, stay fueled and focused on the way to reaching their big goals this season come um, April, May, June, and beyond. So today it's all about how every single meal counts. And at this point in the season, you know, the time of this recording, we are right in the beginning of February. So we're kind of halfway through um, regular season. And I know a lot of athletes and parents and coaches are tired. (laughs) They're tired at this point. Maybe they've been sick. They've had probably several travel meets. They have several more competitions. And at this point, like we are still three months out until nationals, like Easterns, Westerns, nationals, and kind of the hallmark of the elite competitions. And one of my high level athletes told me something that I feel like really represented what happens, you know, in February or March. This athlete told me, I'm not going to lie, but with the stress of everything going on right now, I'm slipping on nutrition. And I so appreciated that just kind of vulnerability and authenticity because they're not alone. And so I want to talk today about how every single meal really does count in terms of closing the recovery gap, keeping your athlete fueled. And I think you actually might be surprised by what the research shows in terms of just how little it takes to fall behind in terms of nutrition, but to then suffer um, the physiological symptoms of REDS or what we call relative energy deficiency in sport. So I think for most, you know, athletes right now, you know, school is a grind, right? The spring semester is really hard. And I know most of the gymnasts I'm working with Um, The newness of the semester has worn off and they are tired. It's cold outside. It's dark when you wake up. And so it's really hard to get out of bed on time and have enough time and energy to make a really good breakfast before you leave the house. But if you know me, I'm a real stickler on breakfast because for so many of the high level gymnasts I work with, eating a really good breakfast at home is one of their first opportunities to number one, restart the repair recovery process. Number two, fuel towards that day's workout. But number three, most of them are gone all day long at school and at gym. And that just makes food and logistics around that so much more difficult. So why not take advantage of your own kitchen and your own food and prep space or whatever to really make sure that you're checking the box with getting in, you know, a balanced performance plate based on what you need. I think to follow along with that is lunch. And more and more, I'm seeing lunch be a huge struggle for my gymnasts. And, you know, whether it's a college and elite gymnast I'm working with that has practice starting at maybe 1 p.m., that can make it really awkward trying to fit in breakfast and lunch, especially 
amidst a class schedule and then they don't want to be too full for practice. But when practice goes from, you know, one to 5 p.m. by the time you're out of the gym, it's really time for dinner. And what a lot of the gymnasts do in this situation is they may not have breakfast till 8, 9, 10 a.m., especially if they sleep in because they know they've got a long day and they stayed up too late the night before, so they're tired. And then by the time that they have breakfast at, say, 10 o'clock, fast forward two hours to noon, which is one hour before training starts at 1 p.m., and they're just not hungry. And so they don't eat anything because at the time, it's like, oh, I'm not hungry. Like Practice starts in an hour. I don't want to feel too full. I don't want to feel heavy, so on and so forth. But then halfway through practice, they're dying. Their arms are heavy. Their legs are heavy. They feel tired. They feel unfocused. They're not performing as well. And whether you are an elite gymnast in college or you are a developmental program gymnast that, you know, does homeschooling and you train all day, it's the same kind of situation. And I have a podcast on snack breaks, which we will link to in the show notes here. Um, But I have a real soapbox (laughs) about my developmental program gymnasts who train usually five, six, seven hours a day when they train that all in a row and they're like missing at least one meal and probably two snacks. And some of the programs that I've seen, you know, they train seven hours a day, but they give the kids, you know, a 30 minute quote unquote lunch break in the middle of practice. And I'm like, that's not going to work. No high level gymnast is going to eat a substantial enough amount of food 30 minutes in the middle of two really difficult workouts spanning seven hours. Like it's just not logistically possible just with appetite and timing and digestion. Um, And so it tends to be a real struggle. And something that I talk a lot about in our program is how it's not just about your kid eating enough calories like overall in a day, but there's something called within day energy balance, where if we look at kind of a 24 hour period, we have to make sure that we really are closing that recovery gap as much as we can, because the more your gymnast spends in a deficit, the more that signals to the body that it's not safe, that there's not enough food, that it needs to go into low power mode. And when the body's in low power mode, we are not optimizing recovery. We're not optimizing prevention. And we certainly are not optimizing performance. Beyond that, a lot of gymnasts, you know, work out until eight or 9 PM in the evenings. And there's a lot of confusion around, you know, post-workout meals as well. I have parents who have been told, you know, oh, your kid gets out of gym at 9 PM even though they're starving, you know, you don't want to feed them too much, right? Because eating late at night, like that's not good for you. It causes weight gain. It causes inflammation. It'll disrupt their sleep. And it's like, no, that overgeneralized public health advice of like, don't eat late at night. It causes weight gain um, is definitely correlation, not causation. A lot of context and nuance needed to really unpack that, which we're not going to do today. But in the context of working with high-level gymnasts, if they've just trained from 5 to 9 p.m., of course they need to eat a really solid post-workout meal because, number one, they probably didn't eat dinner before practice. And even if they did eat dinner before practice, it probably wasn't as much as they would usually eat because they were about to go flip around for four hours, right? And so, again, like there's still so much misinformation and just misguided advice in the sport that parents hear from coaches and other parents pass down to younger parents, and ultimately it just leaves gymnasts underfueled. Beyond just the three, you know, foundational meals in a day that are very easy to kind of slip behind on for gymnasts, we then have to layer on performance nutrition. So pre-workout, intra-workout, post-workout. And I'll tell you, 
when my gymnasts introduce that strategy, it's like, if you know, you know, (laughs) they feel so much better at practice. They have better mood, better focus, better energy. They have what we call less um, perceived exertion where things just don't feel as hard as maybe they normally do, especially towards the end of training. And that Mm -hmm. is, you know, a strategy in and of itself to really support your gymnast performing at her highest potential, which is definitely a huge way to separate her or him from the competition. But not only that, it also can in part help to close that recovery gap. At the same time, performance nutrition is really about fueling. And so we're very strategic of what we use. And often, you know, we're really focused more on providing the right fuel source during a workout, not necessarily trying to replace the total amount of calories that's being expended in the workout, because that's just not what we need for a high intensity sport like gymnastics. I think where a lot of gymnasts really fall behind on their nutrition during season, and it really will come, come back to bite you is weekend nutrition. A lot of the gymnasts I work with, they are so tired. They maybe get one or two days to sleep in a week. And so what happens is when they wake up Saturday, if they don't have practice and they don't have a competition, they might sleep in until, until 10, 11 or 12 And by the time it's all said and done in that whole day, they might have one or two meals. They might have some snacks. And what most gymnasts and parents forget is that recovery continues for up to 48 hours post-workout. And so you really do have to be disciplined and intentional on the weekends if you want to maximize your body's recovery so that you can show up Monday and perform at your highest potential. And I think especially when we're traveling, when we're on the road, when we have back-to-back competitions, it's just so easy to fall into an energy deficit. And we know from the research that as little as 250 calories to 400 calories per day of a energy deficit can cause underfueling related physiological dysfunction. And so if you haven't listened to episode four of the podcast, I would say that is definitely one of our hallmark episodes where I talk all about REDS or what we call relative energy deficiency in sport. And I'm not going to go into it this full episode, but essentially it's the way that we describe both the physiological health ramifications of underfueling as well as the negative ramifications in terms of performance. And the thing about REDS and underfueling is it can affect every different organ system in the body. It might affect just one for your gymnast. It might affect all of them. Um, I would say more organ system involvement is generally related to how significant the deficit is and how long we've been under fueling. Sometimes though, we may not have really detectable medical concerns, but we're definitely seeing performance issues. And um, this athlete that I was talking to that was like, yeah, I'm not going to lie with the stress of everything going on. I'm kind of falling behind on my nutrition. And every other week there seems to be a little kind of new nagging injury pop up. And as I read this message, like all the alarm bells went off for me because I'm like, oh my gosh, it is January, right? Like if we are not getting enough nutrition because we're busy, we're stressed, we're struggling with the spring semester, we're competing, we're on the road. Like there are so many risk factors for falling behind on nutrition. And it sounds like your body is already giving us some of those signs. And we have to jump on that. If you're going to remain healthy, come April, May, June, and beyond. But why why do we fall behind on nutrition, right? It's not just stress um, in terms of like, oh, I'm, I'm stressed and I missed meals. 
But I think a lot of our athletes are very much kind of type A high-strung perfectionists. And if you could see me, I'm definitely raising my hand here. And so that comes with the territory of what we call stress non-eaters, where when their nerves are keyed up, when they're more anxious, you know, when they're in a really high pressure situation, it's super easy for hunger cues to just go out the window. And there's something that we talk a lot about in our program in terms of there are a lot of times as a high level gymnast where you have to use your nutrition knowledge to inform your meals and snacks. You cannot just rely on your hunger or intuition because more often than not as a gymnast, as an athlete, you're going to have to eat anyways, right? And I'm not saying that you're going to have to stuff your face and, you know, eat until you feel like you're going to throw up. Like that is definitely not the point. But for instance, you know, I would say most of us, when we get up at 6 a.m. and if you have to be out of the house by 7 a.m., you're probably not hungry for as big of a breakfast as you might need to hit your protein, to hit your carbs, to get your color, your fat, your calcium, like to hit all the things. You're probably not hungry for that. And you know, some of our gymnasts have the luxury of waiting and not having to have breakfast until 7, 8, 9 a.m. But I would say a lot of the ones I work with, you know, some of the gymnasts I have start training at 6 a.m. Other gymnasts I work with start training at 7 a.m. And so here they are having to get up at, gosh, 4.45, 5, 5.30 in the morning. And yeah, of course they're not hungry. But if we were just to listen to our bodies in that situation, we would fail every time because you wouldn't be hungry and then you wouldn't eat and then you would go into the workout underfueled. I think the same thing with lunch. I know a lot of gymnasts who their schedule is just so tight that instead of eating their lunch during lunchtime at school, they are cramming for tests or quizzes or they're trying to get homework done or they're making up tests and quizzes in a teacher's room that they missed because they were traveling the weekend before because of a competition. And so you know, they're not hungry in the moment because they're stressed. They miss lunch. And yeah, by three or 4 PM, they're starving. And even if they cram their lunch, then right before practice, they've still really missed out on hours of recovery that could have been happening, you know, from, from breakfast until that three or 4 PM time period. I know some of the gyms that we work with are on kind of the opposite end of the spectrum where when they are stressed or anxious, they tend to gravitate towards the sweet treats and the fun foods and things that sometimes can offer kind of a quick dopamine hit or just offer some comfort. Um, I'll probably have an episode on this, you know, in the future, but I don't think all emotional eating is bad. Um, but there definitely is, I think a a line that can get crossed where we're using food to self soothe instead of, you know, really figuring out what we need. And I would say for a lot of my athletes who are kind of on the other end of the spectrum, there's just a lot of overall eating dysregulation of they skip meals, they skip snacks. There's often a lot of food rolls, maybe a history of dieting, <clears throat> maybe a history of parents, you know, micromanaging food, which then causes them to overeat or to sneak or to binge. Um, and so again, none of that is helpful for body composition. None of that is helpful for performance. Um, I would say a lot of gymnasts or even people who struggle with that, they often then try to engage in some sort of compensatory behavior of like, oh, I feel so guilty. I just ate the whole bag of chips. And so, you know, now I'm just not going to eat the rest of the day. That is not the answer. That is not going to solve your problem. That's only going to keep you stuck in that cycle. Um, And you're also like robbing your body of the building blocks that it needs to really continue that ongoing repair and recovery. And so, Something that I think is really important for all gymnasts all year round is learning to handle the fun foods, the sweets and treats, 
in a very confident and competent way. And the very first thing that has to happen for that is we have to be eating enough. The same athlete that told me like, Hey, not going to lie, you know, the stress of everything, I'm kind of slipping on nutrition. When we first started working together, they said that they felt almost addicted to sugar, just very controlled by sweets. Like every single night at nine or 10 PM, they just wanted to crush, you know, whatever cereal, cookies, ice cream, chocolate, like whatever was in the house and felt like they had no control. And oftentimes in those first couple sessions working together, I do a lot of teaching and explaining of like, Hey, there's actually nothing wrong with you. That behavior is actually very physiologically normal because it's your brain's way of trying to communicate that it is starved, that it is starved for nutrition and it's in survival mode, right? Our, our brains and our bodies are wired for survival, which is a good thing. And so the body knows when it's in low power mode, when there is not enough food around, it's just going to try to get you to eat whatever kind of quick source of energy is available because that's literally survival. The cool thing about working with this athlete is after a couple months of adequate proper fueling, those kind of sweets and treats, cravings, the obsession, it, it went away. And that's not to say they don't still enjoy cookies and chocolate and all that stuff from time to time. Um, but it became just a non-issue versus that very first session, um, almost, you know, sheeplessly confessing <laughs> like they had done something wrong that they struggle with that. And part of our program, part of our philosophy, part of our you know, methodology is teaching gymnasts to enjoy all food without guilt and shame, because those two things have zero place in an athlete's, you know, high performance fueling plan. If you want the plan to be sustainable, right? Anyone can tell someone to eat clean. Anyone can give someone a diet or a meal plan that says, you know, eight ounces of chicken and one cup of brown rice and four stalks of asparagus, right? Like anyone can do that. Joe Schmo trainer at the gym can do that and can maybe get some quick results, right? But it's not sustainable. How many of the people, how many of your friends, right? That go on diets that try to lose weight that do whatever. Yeah. It's all like sunshine and roses in the first like four, six, eight weeks. But we know that the statistics of weight regain, you know, six, eight, 12 months post diet, it is massively high. And so that's why whether a gymnast is in season or off season, we really prioritize helping them to have a healthy relationship with all food so that we don't find ourselves in these situations of overeating, food sneaking, whatever, due to over restriction or just fear of them, they're not being enough um, or, or essentially scarcity. There's definitely a mindset during competition season of like, you have to eat clean. If you want to perform your best, you have to eat perfect, no sugar, no dessert, no this, no that. And again, I think it only sets up gymnasts to implode and most gymnasts can't make it the whole entire season. And so what ends up happening is, again, they're they're engaging in these FOMO eating behaviors and this sneaking and this binging, often when mom, coach, dad, whoever isn't around. And again, that's just not helpful for performance or for body composition. So I think there's a lot of reasons why your gymnast is probably underfueled right now. I think a lot of parents are shocked when they learn just how underfueled their gymnast is. And I think more so, so many gymnasts and parents and coaches are shocked by how much better their gymnasts feel and perform and recover when they are closing that recovery gap every single day. And someone asked me a couple of weeks ago, like, what do you mean by the recovery gap? Again, if you could see me, I call the recovery gap, the, the gap, the deficit your kid is in between how much they need per day nutrition wise and how much they're actually getting. And you can think of it like your debit card, right? 
if you're just constantly racking up, you know, on the debit card, like you're constantly using it, but you're not putting any more money in that account, at some point you're going to overdraw. And that's the exact same thing that happens with our gymnasts. And this is often why we see so many gymnasts implode, um, especially towards the end of competition season, right? They like already were struggling. They already had kind of the beginnings of some injuries. They already were struggling endurance wise, power strength, whatever. And maybe they get better a little bit initially in the beginning of season. But when it really matters, when they were supposed to peak in April, May or June, depending what their goal is and their level and their situation, many of them have already dropped off because of this chronic unintentional underfueling. And something that we talked about in episode one was about periodization, right? Like we have to match our nutrition to the work required. And so we have to make sure that as the numbers are high, the routines are high, we're traveling, the logistics are crazy right now during competition season. We have to make sure that we are closing that recovery gap, that we are supporting our gymnast nutrition so that they can have the best shot at staying healthy. And that's exactly what I told my athlete when they told me, you know, Hey, not going to lie, super stressed right now. I know I'm slipping on nutrition. I said, gosh, that's so hard. I understand. And I know your goals. I know where you want to be in six months and this is not going to work. So what can I do? What do you need from me in terms of support, in terms of accountability? Do you need something a little bit more specific for, you know, meals and snacks? Do you need more frequent check-ins? Do we need to food journal? Like what do we need to do right now to get you back on track, to get you a little bit more back in autopilot mode with nutrition when life is just busy and has gotten in the way? A long time ago, a pastor explained um, kind of this concept of, of repeated repentance where, you know, if you're trying to overcome come a struggle or you're trying to like not engage in certain behavior, um, it's not a straight line, right? Like if you are going to canoe across a river and this like swift river is going downstream, if you just tried to canoe in a straight line you would end up like way downstream before you ever made it to the other side of the bank. Versus if you tried to paddle across that river, you would have to make kind of ongoing course corrections, right? Like you'd have to keep turning the canoe upstream to try to keep your path as straight as possible. And I love that illustration because I think it directly relates to this journey, this process of working on our nutrition, on learning how to fuel our gymnasts and accepting that nutrition is never going to be perfect, but when you can kind of live in the gray, right? When you can accept that there will need to be these course corrects, there will need to be these pivots and changes, and that's okay. That is part of the journey. That is how you're going to succeed. That is how your nutrition is going to be sustainable. If you are expecting it to be perfect all the time, which most gymnasts do, welcome to that kind of perfectionistic type A thinking, that is probably when you're going to drop off the map. And there are a lot of parents that come to our program that have worked with um, other like nutritionists or dietitians who have put their gymnasts on a super strict diet or told the family that you have to eat clean, you have to eat all organic, non-GMO, you got to throw all this stuff out, blah, 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 blah. Everything has to be cooked from scratch. And the amount of just guilt that these parents have when they say, oh yeah, like that program was great. Like it really worked until we couldn't do it. And like everyone was excited about it for about the first month. And then we fell off the bandwagon, right? I hate that because it's my hope that how we work with gymnasts, you know, in our program, in the application of it and in our philosophies is a lifelong framework 
that can be used to not just fuel your gymnast, but your entire family. And that's something that I really love about the way in which we teach um, gymnasts and parents how to build meals and snacks and to build their own fueling plans is it's adjustable for parents who probably aren't full-time athletes. It's adjustable for siblings who play other sports that probably aren't training 20 or 30 hours a week, but still might be high-level soccer players or swimmers or whatever, where you know this is still foundational sports nutrition strategy that can be translated and applied to so many other situations. And that right there is, is really worth its weight in gold. So with that, we are opening the doors again soon for the Balanced Gymnast Program. That is our signature three-month live nutrition coaching program for level five through 10 and elite female gymnasts and parents. Um, it is absolutely amazing. Inside the program, we teach you everything you need to know about fueling your gymnast, but it's so much more than that. We have an incredible, robust parent community where you can do life with other like-minded parents who are wanting to learn how to leverage the power of nutrition to not just help their gymnasts reach their big goals and dreams in the sport, but also beyond the sport. And the thing I tell parents about, you know, investing in learning how to fuel your gymnast is that's not going to go away, right? Learning to fuel them is going to translate to their life beyond the sport. It's going to translate to your whole household. It's going to translate to your gymnast, whether she does gymnastics for 10 more days or 10 more years. And there's no better time than now to really learn how to fuel a high performance athlete, which is just so much different than feeding kids healthily. So with that, you can find more information in the show notes. If you've got questions, um, feel free to reach out on Instagram, or you can reach us um, via email at support on our website. Um, I hope you have enjoyed the series. Next week is part four on our Road to Nationals series. And I have a really exciting announcement that I think um, you'll really enjoy. So with that, I will talk to you later. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast sponsored by the Balanced Gymnast Method course. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on any episodes. You can find any links that we mentioned in the show notes of the episode and also how you can work with us. If you're looking to learn to fuel your gymnast for optimal performance without the stress or overwhelm, feel free to email us. If you have any questions, you can reach us at support at christinaandersonrdn.com, share what's going on and we'll get back to you. Or you can learn more about our programs by going to our website, christinaandersonrdn.com slash work with us. Bye for now.